Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. My name is Sarah Musick, and with me today is... It's Matt Schrader. Hello. Hello, Matt Schrader. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited that Matt is able to join today. I realized we've known each other for like 10, 11 years now. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't think we've ever done done a dynamic duo podcast. Today's the day. Crazy. Today's the day, and we've done so many other dynamic duo things. We have for anyone for anyone who missed the uh, what was it, Wanda and Pietro at home, the uh, immortal <laughs> yes, web yeah. series uh, that's still out there on the internet. Go check it out, go friends. Find, go find it on YouTube. It's it's there. It is I, there. I occasionally look for it. I'm like, I wonder if that's still there, and of course it is. It is. It is because the internet don't die. It's eternal. It's, it's eternal. It turns out. Uh, yeah, and every once in a while, I'll just look it up and be like, I wonder how how far I need to dig before I find us when I just type Wanda and Pietro. Um, yeah, are, are we are we on first page, second page, third page? Uh, we're certainly on the first page. Oh, we have to be. Oh my! No, actually, I I I take that back. There's no <laughs> way we're on the first page. It's been a few years. Yeah, like if we if you just put Wanda and Pietro, there's no way we're no on way. the first page. No, not at all. I think, but I think if you put at home, at we're home, on the first we page. Be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it yeah. Is being the title. <laughs> yeah, if we look, if you do Wanda and Pietro at home, we are the fir- first result on the first page. I love that for us. <laughs> yeah, so I I hope people are. Typing that into Google, I hope they're doing it, and they're seeing us. And they're actually, it's sort of funny. If you go to images, the first picture is of us, um, like, on, on a subway platform. Yes! Oh, I, re- I, even re- I remember that picture from New York Comic Con. I think that was the first time that, was the that we dressed time. up. Yeah, and we walked yeah. through Brooklyn in our costumes, and people were, like, delighted to see us. They were truly delighted there i don't remember ever getting a reaction like that since um in our costumes like uh and not not like we haven't been in our costumes in public since then yeah but, I, I don't know but then for whatever year that because i remember people on the street were delighted people on the subway were delighted and uh one of my favorite things happened and it, Matt, you probably remember this is we, we had to stop at a bodega because you needed an energy drink and there was a guy who was like wanda where's pietro and it, he like looked over and he's like oh there he is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Oh, there he is. <laughs> that was so good. I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a good day. Mm-hmm, it's going to mm-hmm. be a good day. I'm excited about this. And then, and then I actually found a uh, a Quicksilver Red Bull. I think it was like Red Bull Quicksilver. Yeah. And you, you had to have it. There was no. I had to have it. No I simply had to have it. Oh, what a day. What it a was. Day. I think was, great was day. That 20, was that 2015 or 2016? Mm, I don't know. Only Facebook knows for sure. <laughs> we'll have to That's find right. out. Well, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, welcome back to Gene No and X Men, the animated series podcast. We are at season three, episode 18. Remember when they used to do seasons this long? Season three, episode 18 Orphans End. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we get to, to hear back from some of my favorite characters. Actually, no, my third favorite sets of characters from the dark from the phoenix saga right it's like probably probably number one imperial guard number two hellfire club number three star jammers okay okay so these are the star jammers and uh hellfire club right okay 
great. And what was the first one again? The Imperial Guard, the Shi'ar Imperial, Imperial Guard. Imperial Guard, Shi'ar Imperial Guard. Got it. Okay. I feel like I've heard of the Star Jammers before this. I certainly know about Corsair. Excellent. Uh, I had I had his toy when I was a kid. Oh. Um, was it? Yeah. Was it appropriately mustachioed? Oh, one hundred percent. He had a glorious mustachio. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and I think he had like some kind of weird action feature. I'm thinking of like a like a string came out of his hand or something. I don't mm. know. Um, yeah, but it was a, it was a toy biz toy, so it wasn't very good. It wasn't a good one. But but uh, that's what we had. That was what we had at the time. There's, that's what we had. They came in giant bins at KB Toys. You usually get two, three for two, something like that. Oh hey. Yeah, you can get a lot of those X-Men toys. Just go digging around and get a bunch of plastic you didn't need. But we loved. We did but we not did, leave. You know what? We did Needed, love. We did love. <laughs> we did love it. You know. Yeah. Hey, I love that the price was right. So we we start out with previously on X-Men. We get some of that sweet Starjammers background. We see a flashback to the Phoenix Saga in their introduction. We see Corsair. We see Raza, who is the guy with the sword. We see Corsair's love, Hepzibah, who is the cat lady. And then my favorite, Chode, the big <laughs> lizard guy, Chode. Wow, that guy's name's actually Chode. It is. And we were talking about this when they got introduced because I always thought it was like, it was like, because there's a, an apostrophe in it. And so I always thought it was like Chode, like, it, yeah. but, um, but no, they just straight up say Chode <laughs> oh, in the animated no. series. That's okay. Oh, no. he, he, I guess. I mean, he's cool with it. I'm sure. I'd, I I don't know what Sarah means on his planet. You know, they yeah. might be all giggling behind their, their lizard hands. <laughs> they most likely are probably probably so we find out in the phoenix saga from gene that they are intergalactic pirates gene mm-hmm. somehow senses what is up like she's able to sense from corsair's mind that he had to she figures out probably because his brain is like i'm christopher summers <laughs> and she's like ah, yeah and i had a son named scott so she she puts it together cyclops is ab- about to blast his dad unknowingly and she says no scott you can't and then wolverine's like why'd you stop him and she's like i can't tell you and then you know she says inside her mind that he's scott's father mm-hmm. oh man why, why not gene why can't you tell him why mm. can't you just get these two crazy kids together you know i i, I don't i don't get it like why not i mean <sighs> in gene's defense she was dealing with a lot at that point and Fair. she had never really been the center of attention before and i could see her being like no i'm the phoenix this is my moment <laughs> Right. I mean, that's fair. And also, like, as far as, like, those two not recognizing each other, obviously it's been 20 years, but there was also that line that Corsair says mm-hmm. that, like, oh, yeah, my son had had his mother's eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they can very conveniently be like, well, you know, oh. he's got the visor on, can't see those eyes. Well, uh, it's that beautiful moment where they're on the people mover between ships when Corsair is using him as, like, a weapon against Deken. And he says, I wouldn't even recognize my children if I saw them. Yeah. Like, to be clear, if I'm your father and you're my son, I wouldn't know. (laughs) And we all know and our hearts break and a single tear falls just a little bit. Mm, 
That's right. Anyway, so that's the that's the setup. So here we are. We get through through our our I was gonna say opening number. We were just talking about theater before uh before we hit record, the opening number of the X-Men. Welcome <laughs> to our mutant town. Uh yeah, and so you've got a uh an alien craft, uh, which is the Star Jammer. It buzzes an unsuspecting plane, and the Shear cruiser is in hot pursuit. People on the plane freak out, makes sense. Meanwhile, on a yacht, only two people freak out and no one else notices because <sighs> they're they're on a boat. Well, because they didn't, I guess they didn't have the time to animate those people into surprise. Oh, that's so true. Just, yeah. It's like prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. They are unwitting NPCs. But no, let's say let's say, though, that that was a, a narrative choice and not a budget minded choice and mm-hmm. i think you're correct they were having their mai tais they were having their margaritas they were reveling at the joy of being on a boat and like this <laughs> ship who cares <laughs> who cares listen they live on the same earth as all of these crazy mutants and superheroes and everything they've seen it they they have they have seen it that is correct right. they're on vacation they're having a good time get out of here whatever you are you know Those what two people you know what i don't need an alien spacecraft when oh. I'm on vacation. Yes, thank you, and please. This is, <laughs> honestly, the last three times, that's it. Those are the last times I'm letting an alien spacecraft ruin my vacation. Mm-hmm. Not again. Not again. These cruises aren't cheap, I'll tell you that much. Nope, I've never been on one, and even I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the the Shear cruiser shoots the Star Jammer or shoots at the Star Jammer, but misses. They buzz an airport's control tower, and I'm not sure if you noticed, Matt, but it looked like a really specific control tower. And so I was looking up New York City control towers. It looks a lot like the old Newark control tower. Um, really? Not sure. Not gonna like stake my life on that. But it, when it, when I saw it, I was like, that's not just like a like oh, I'm just drawing a control tower. It's like that's a specific control tower. Wow. All right. Is the is the old Newark control tower very distinct? Well, it, it kind of. It's kind of stripey. Uh, stripey. Yeah. What well, is it not? Is it, that's, do they have a new control tower? So that old control tower isn't there anymore at that's Newark? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Why do you even know about the old Newark <laughs> control tower? <laughs> I'm so this glad is... you asked. So when I okay. noticed that this looked like a specific control tower, my first thought was, I wonder if it's a specific New York control tower so i checked laguardia not quite laguardia looks more like a uh generic control tower Mm. jfk has like a real specific uh unique boxy shape Mm. and uh and then i looked up newark and strangely when i went to images there's the current control tower but then there were a number of pictures Uh, of the old control tower okay Got it. And then you were like, whoa, I've got a match. Mm, mm, yeah, exactly. It was like playing memory as a kid. Like they both they both mm-hmm. turned up. That was there exciting. it is. I was thinking you saw it and then we're like, I've seen this control tower before. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very familiar. I know. <laughs> New Jersey control tower. No, that's not it. Hold on. They changed it. They changed the control tower in 1985. Before I was born. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I was right real born. I was real you born. You were born. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm. you know what, I'm really quick. I'm so used to everybody being like so much younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I hear you and I appreciate that. And but... you, and you, and I just like, I am always just assuming 
that you're so much younger than me. No, not at all. My mom texted me because apparently she saw something on TV that said Wheel of Fortune turned 40 this year, and I texted back, me too, Ma. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like thinking how I'm older than Wheel of Fortune, but also... I believe that Garfield started the same year that I was born. Oh, that's great. Garfield and Friends or Garfield the Strip? Garfield the Strip, I Ooh. believe, started it in uh, the year that I was born, 1978. Um, at least all of like the like merchandise and everything all say 1978. So maybe that's when he uh, copied Copy, it. Yeah, where he made his, his merch deals. I sort of love that. For anybody who doesn't know, Matt's Garfield recall is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> which I found out from a recent text exchange where he referenced sending Nerval to Abu Dhabi. And it was like, I have not heard that in a long time. And it made me happy. That's really funny. Did I tell you, Sarah, like why my Garfield recall is so good? Uh, no, but I'd love to hear. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Garfield. He was my absolute favorite. I would say I, it feels like it was for 10 years, but I was young. So it was probably for like three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved everything Garfield. Um, I got all of like those kind of long books with like the, the Oh, those were outstanding. I got those from yeah. the library on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Yeah, I would I would buy them and then I would like read them while I was eating breakfast cereal. I would get like I like Garfield soap. I still have, even though I stopped being a huge fan of it, I still have my Garfield brush. Um <gasps> Excellent. And you still have the hair to brush it with, which is impressive. I still, I still have some hair to brush it with. Yes. Um, and, and also Catherine very much wants me to clean this brush. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure that it's been cleaned since like 1980 X. It's just disgusting. But anyway, yeah. So there you go. That's why I know a couple of things about Garfield. No, that is, that is wonderful. The things I remember most, so, and I know cause I, we talked about this on text is I remember, more about Garfield and Friends than I do about Garfield mm. the Strip, although I definitely also read those. But I remember when John dated his counterpart, Gene Arbinkle. And yeah. the other one was, do you remember when, was John trying to, what was he trying to do while he was sleeping? He got records to do like subliminal messaging while he was yeah. asleep. And it was supposed to do something, but it taught him Spanish instead. Like Garfield <laughs> broke the record and was like, oh, I'll put on this other record. And John oh, woke yeah. up speaking Spanish. That's really funny. It was, I mean, knowing, listen, knowing John, <laughs> it was probably to be confident or to stand oh, up to yeah. Garfield or something. <laughs> like that's my guess. Like that's the kind of thing that John would be would be into, you know. No, that- like I'm tired of getting stepped on all the time. I'm not going to be anybody's doormat anymore. <laughs> you know, it's probably something like that. But then he just learned Spanish. Well, hey, it's a great skill. I think that I, mean, I, I, if anything, if I went to sleep trying to be more confident, I woke up knowing Spanish. That's a huge win. <laughs> that is that is a huge win. Absolutely. I was also a massive fan of U.S. Acres, the and friends mm. portion of Garfield yeah, and friends. friends. My all-time favorite was Wade, who was a duck who wore an inner tube with his face on it that made the same facial expressions as him. God, that's that's so odd. (laughs) I um the the um the the chick that like never came out of the eggs named Sheldon, right? Yeah, Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon bothered me because I was like, (laughs) get out of that. (laughs) What are you doing? Get out of the egg. What's going on in there? You know. Really quick before we get, because we are mm-hmm. we are taking a hard digression here. <laughs> That's but, okay. I have one more thing too. You go, I'll go, and we'll get back to this. Great. So I was thinking today, 
the the thing about Wade reminded me about this thing I was literally thinking about today, like those old seventies costumes of popular characters. Oh yeah. Remember, you had the plastic mask mm-hmm. and then you had a smock. But instead of the character's costume, it was just a picture of the character <laughs> and then their name underneath. Like, this isn't a costume. I don't even know what it is. Like, it's just like, like, yeah, you're wearing the freaking mask. People know you're Yoda. Why do you have a picture of Yoda on your chest that says Yoda? What is going on? What was the logic there? I don't get those costumes. See, so I think by the time 83 rolled around, they figured it out. And so it was just a poncho with like Mickey's body. You know, it was it was the same idea, but a slightly more specific. Slightly more specific, kind of getting it. I, I just think, you know, it's almost like, I just want to know what the thought process was. So like, well, you know, kids are going to want to, they're going to want people to know who they are, right? And so they're going to go up to people and they're going to think like, hey, and then the, the adult can just read it on there and say, you're Yoda. And then the kid will be happy. That's my only, I don't know. I think that's I never... more accurate. My theory is that it's an art installation and it has to do with like the symbol, right? Naming versus the symbol. And uh, right. both both are happening in that costume. Yeah. I, I very briefly did consider that it was some sort of artistic statement. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it was some frustrated artist who was working for this like mass produced all plastic costume company. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, I am going to make an abstract artistic statement for these mass produced children's Halloween costumes. Wear them, you sheep. Uh, Yeah. And enjoy your candy. <laughs> uh, so what, 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 was, what was your thing? Oh, just your that thing. on U.S. Acres, I learned about Deja Vu because there was a bit where Orson was reshelving books and he kept reshelving and he would name them, right? So it would be like Leaves of Grass and then A Tale of Two Cities. And then there was one called Deja Vu, the sensation that you're doing over and over, the same thing over and over again that you have done oh, before. Yeah. And then he picked up the book and he goes, Deja Vu, the sensation that you're doing over and over again, something you have done before and like puts it in the bookshelf. <laughs> Anyway, I do. I do vaguely remember that. Yep. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Let's get let's get back to X-Men. Back, back to X-Men. Great. So meanwhile, at the mansion, Storm and Cyclops are up early and headed to the war room to answer a call. Storm has yeah. a ponytail. Love it. Nice Great. work, Storm. They Big joke fan. that maybe it's Gambit. Oh, yeah, because there's like a call. So they joke yeah. that maybe it's Gambit after a long night and that it wouldn't be the first time. They keep implying on this children's show that like Gambit like gets all this action. And no doubt that he did. But I do just find it funny where it's like they just keep being like, Gambit's out late at night. Gambit's out late at night. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing out there? You mm-hmm. know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, then and then I think Scott says it can't be an X Man. They don't get up this early or something like that. Ha, effect, ha. It right? was like almost a Cyclops joke. He can't make a joke, but almost. Yeah, he was getting there. And and they're drinking coffee. There's lots of steam coming off the coffee. It looks very good. And it turns out it's Commander Rackner of the Shi'ar Intergalactic Patrol. I love that he shows his badge. Like, hey, we're in space, but we're police. We still have a badge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we, 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 need, we need a cultural touchstone so people really get it. You know, like yeah. that's an, but I mean, but yeah, I think that badges for uh, authority figures like that, that's, that's uh, intergalactic. 
Uh, and then one of the things I also love was just the evolution of the characters from the perspective of uh, at the very beginning of season three, they were like aliens. There are aliens. And now Cyclops is just like, what brings you to our planet? Yeah. What's up, dude? What do you need? Huh? Just swinging by the solar system. Yeah. Oh, good to see you, man. Thanks for saying hi. Yeah. But it turns out they're in pursuit of criminals who are armed and dangerous. Cyclops and Storm are on their way. On the case, on the case, Let's go get them. Yeah, then they, uh, they, yeah, they, they, uh, they hop in their ship, and then yeah, that you kind of like see the guy like the ship, right? This big old ship, and it's like being piloted by none other than Corsair, and only and Corsair, only Corsair. And it's the thing is like I'm watching this, I'm like, is this guy the only person piloting this big old ship? I feel like something like that would need more people. You normally, know? normally it do. But these are dire circumstances, and Mm -hmm. here we are. Uh, are. And he just, he is headed for the X-Mansion. He lands in the Hudson River, which, like, now I'm trying to imagine, you know, the Starjammer and the Hudson River. Cyclops dives in and saves Corsair. Uh, And I noticed that he was unconscious but floating. Uh, So Cyclops was able to get him, and I'm like, I bet the shoulder pads, because he's got, like, those big, those big, puffy white, is it epaulets? Uh uh yeah epaulets i think epaulets is yeah that that, that's the kind of thing yeah epaulets yes and storm gets all dramatic right a whirlwind shall help you affect a rescue and she keeps the ship aloft long enough to let them out cyclops recognizes corsair from their previous encounter and just like pulls off his dog tags as he falls Yeah, <laughs> that, that was like, and for and, and secondly, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's just too much going on, but wouldn't he have recognized him earlier? <laughs> <laughs> guess, guess not. Well, I mean, it's, I, oh yeah, because did, I don't think his dad had the, his dad was like not supposed to have the mustache, but in the flashback, his dad 100% has the mustache. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but I mean, also like he'd met Corsair before, wouldn't he have recognized? Oh yeah, he, oh sorry, goes, yeah. Yeah, he goes into the ship, picks him up, drags him out of there. He's like staring at this guy this whole time. And then he puts him down like, well, now it's convenient to recognize you. Ah, it's you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was really, really weird. Um, Also, thank you for explaining what that exactly it is that that whirlwind did that Storm uh, let out. That didn't make a whole ton (laughs) of sense to me. But yeah, he he rips he rips off the. the dog tags, and then then the Shi'ar show up, right? And the Shi'ar like, yeah, give us our guy, give, give us, us our guy. But even but yes, even before that, like oh, Cyclops okay. is just straight up like, we won't help you, and Corsair right. is like, fine, but give me my dog tags. And that's when Cyclops puts it together. Wait a minute, because there's a picture oh. of him. These dog tags belong to my father. How did you get them? And one of my primary complaints, but also like guilty pleasures, is in the past couple of episodes, Cyclops' character has just been reduced to shouting. Like, he's just shouting man. He is. The guy, I don't know what that choice is if that was like the voice actor that said okay now now he's the leader and so he's confident and confident people shout mm. uh, or <laughs> if only john arbuckle knew that if only john arbuckle knew that's like he would have just woken up shouting <laughs> or maybe he could have just done that without taking the bloody uh subliminal record mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh but yeah it's it, it is it is an odd artistic choice we'll say mm-hmm. uh but yeah and also like he goes straight to where'd you get these you stole these you stole these dog tags people do that all the time they steal dog tags instead of being like wait a minute 
Maybe. Are you my dad? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, we all saw Mad Men, right? Don Draper stole some dog tags, but... Did he really? I never actually never did see Mad Men. Yeah, because he wasn't actually Don Draper. He became Don Draper after the war. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, Is that a big spoiler? Spoiler, everybody. Uh, wow. I, I feel like I feel like enough years have elapsed. Sorry, everyone. Uh I, you're fine. You're more than fine. That's wild. Yeah. What a big what a wow. But you know, I'm not to digress again, but I'm watching Boardwalk Empire right now. Mm. I probably mentioned this to you before. Uh and like these things keep happening and I feel like that's prestige television. A lot of people watched it, but like not so many that you're just going to randomly see spoilers for it. Mm-hmm. And so like things happen in the show, this 10 year old show and I'm getting shocked. Oh, I love <laughs> these it. Things happen. Yeah. I love Big it. Big stuff. Anyway. Speaking so. of shocked, we oh have Cy- I see how I brought us back. Uh, Cyclops is like, your, uh, oh yeah, because he says, tell me your name. And then Corsair says, Major Christopher Summers. Also, I love that he's keeping the major because that actually yeah. isn't part of his name. That was his rank. And then Cyclops spells it out for everyone. You're my father. I don't believe it. I won't believe it. My father oh. is dead. Oh. Would you rather your dad be dead, Scott? <laughs> Then this awesome space pirate, what's the matter with you? Right? Cyclops. Uh, well, all right. Fine. 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 But okay, like fine. you, but fine. at this point, as you pointed out, Commander Ragnar arrives. He's like, mm, we'll take yes. it from here. Cyclops is finally like, we need a moment. But Ragnar does not want to give him a moment. No, he does not. He's gonna like, listen, you give us our man or I'm going to shoot lasers at you. And that's that. And like, well, no, hold on, hold on. And then I believe they just start shooting lasers, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just boom. And uh, yeah. And then, all right. So really quick, if I can, just let me know if I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. But they kind of like... They um uh they're like okay well no, we, we gotta figure this out we gotta figure this out so Corsair and and Scott go one way um Aurora goes another way but not before she says I shall meet you at the monorail. <laughs> that was my favorite line in this whole episode was I shall yep. meet you at the monorail. <laughs> Number one, we didn't know they had a monorail, so which we're that gonna was... get into. Um, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're I'm... we're we're gonna get to that. Um, and, and to access it, Cyclops has a remote in one of his many belt pouches to activate mm. this heretofore unmentioned monorail. He opens a secret hatch in the grass, and then yeah. I I want to I just want to take a, a brief moment to talk about Professor X like designing the mansion because okay. it was his childhood home. It was the Xavier family home like like okay. Wayne Mansion uh and you know it makes more sense to me that Batman's like well there's just a big cave under the mansion or accessible from the mansion like because that's a natural that's a natural thing to have in the land a cave uh but here it's like Professor X is like you know what we might need an underground train yeah yeah an underground train absolutely you know like like a la like the gummy bears just like this, this, oh, this underground like rail system. He's, I guess I could also say like a subway, but no, no, no. This is more like the gummy bears. It is, uh, actually, no, I think it is. I don't think it's anything. Well, it is a little like the subway in that there is like a handrail at the top, but. But, but yeah, this is like, this has never been, you're right. It's never been mentioned before, at least in the cartoons. Has it ever been mentioned in the comics? The monorail? No. <laughs> <laughs> What is? They can't just invent something because it's 
mildly convenient. <laughs> they oh. just did. I mean, I could did. be wrong. Friends, if you are aware Please. of a monorail that's canon underneath the mansion, I want to hear about it. Let us know. Because you know what happened is it that it got introduced and destroyed in this <laughs> in one, one episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's what like, we call a device uh yeah so on the monorail they're they're supposed to be escaping corsair calls cyclops son and cyclops is not having it cyclops like accuses it. him of throwing away his family so he could go knock around the galaxy and i wrote in capital <laughs> letters jesus christ hear the man out he didn't know man like he yeah. didn't know yeah he literally said, you threw us away so you could go knock around the galaxy. And, like, dude, how old is Scott? Like, is he... Is like, 25? He... Yeah! <laughs> and he's acting like a... Like, this is, like, nobody... So a 25... I'll tell you something. A 25-year-old in 1990-whatever mm-hmm. isn't going to say knock around <laughs> anywhere. Like, he, this... Oh, he was born an old man. He was. He was. And he has father issues, not really from Corsair, mostly from Professor X. So there's Professor that. X. The more I watch this show, the more I'm like, I'm not sure that Professor X is a good guy. <laughs> no. No. And currently, he's like, really not. He's not. Yeah. Not a good guy. Yikes. He's not a good guy. All right. So, so oh, yeah. Can we, sorry. So real quick, while they're they're going back and forth, the look on Storm's face. Did you see that? Cyclops no. goes at Corsair and goes, did I imagine the orphanage, the foster homes where no one wanted me? Am I making this up? Tell me, dad, am I making this up? And she like gives him this look that is just like, cool your jets, sir. Like, really? it, it, she doesn't say anything, but just like looks at him and it's like that mm. is that is fantastic storm is not the only or rather we are not the only one seeing it storm is also seeing it that's good it's kind of gratifying somebody else's be like dude you're being a big old man baby right now Mm -hmm. relax maybe just a little bit and hear your dad who you (laughs) thought was dead out (laughs) oh oh indeed yuck yuck scott this is why people don't like you yeah, actually, it is. That is why people don't like him. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yuck. Uh, so, meanwhile, Ragnar is in hot pursuit, uh, and he, I, I didn't expect this. He says to bring them in dead or alive. We've made a big Ragnar. deal about how infrequently they say dead, but I guess they're able to get away with it because it's part of the phrase, right? Dead or alive. Oh, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, every once in a while, like... Um, Cartoons can get away with certain interesting things. Remember, like the uh, 1986 Transformers animated movie. Mm. Uh, Say more. Well, yeah, they one uh, <laughs> Spike with Wiki uh, at one point when when a giant planet was eating their moon, I believe, is when this happened. Mm. He he said shit. They got <gasps> they got to say one shit. Oh wow! In an animated movie, yeah, 1986. Yep, yep. And uh, I remember that being a very like we hearing that as a kid and be like, what? <laughs> See, and for as much as I swear, I actually think that that would be a good technique for me. Like, I'm not like totally full of f bombs, but it would be funny if like you get one, you get you one, one each day, and like, yep. where are you gonna put it? Are you gonna make it good? <laughs> I think I think that there are some improvisers who could benefit from that. Oh, that's real. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of like in this set. 
You get one F word. That's yep. all you get. Just the one. You know, be <laughs> don't waste it. Don't waste it. Yeah. I remember once uh, at Second City, we had to do an exercise where we had to improvise as each other. Um, and I feel like it would be a good thing to be like, like, I know for me, I don't think I do this. Well, I can't do it in the form I'm in anymore. But one of the things I used to do was I always announced where we were going. It was just like, and I'm going to Six Flags Great America. <laughs> so we knew what the next scene was. And I think it would be funny to do like, Sarah, you can't do whatever you know oh, or you get yeah. to do it once like you get to play like low status once because i feel like i'm always playing like igor from young frankenstein or like the equivalent <laughs> like somebody yeah. who's just like kind of creepy and at the edges yeah yeah no that's pretty good i i do low status a lot myself too this is like like well matt uh you can't be sort of like flustered and disgusted more than once <laughs> Like, that's all you get. Um, you know, like this very specific hand gesture I do. Like, you can – all the time. You can't do that anymore. Like, literally, I see pictures of myself improvising, and I have, like, both my hands out in front of me making this, like, what's going on gesture. Like, no, you can only say what's going on once. You know very well what's going on. Yeah, I feel like there's somebody who I improvise with right now that I would I would say, like, you can only do hey, everybody, once. Ooh. Only one hey, everybody. Only one hey, everybody. Yeah. Although everyone gets unlimited. Everybody get in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, improviser humor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh so my anyway, goodness. Uh, anyway. Cy Cyclops, Corsair, and Storm make it to the hangar, but there are some Shi'ar battle bots. Cyclops mm. and Corsair get blasted simultaneously, father-son unconsciousness, so that's sweet. And mm. uh, Storm, as always, carries the boys and gets the plane into the air. And I was surprised because they're like, we're going to take the mini jet. And I feel mm. like we've definitely seen the mini jet. It's like a one-person jet, but that is not what this is. This is a this is a plane. This is a plane. It's a full-on plane. Like, this is not even just like a Cessna. This is like a... Yeah, no, this is this is... A big old thing, just because it's not the same size of their as their like normal jet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a mini jet. I guess is is the idea. Ridiculous. The amount of money, yeah. the amount of money Xavier have is has enough for enough for a monorail that no one ever fucking uses. <laughs> <laughs> the one use monorail. One use monorail. You only get one. Disposable <laughs> monorail. Uh, oh. Yeah. So now we finally get some exposition when they're in the air. Yay. Cyclops is piloting, but then Corsair, quote unquote, takes the stick and begins telling his story. Now, did mm -hmm. you did you know this background, Matt? Was this new to you or did you remember? Yeah, I mean, no, I did not remember. I mean, like I said, I remember that Corsair was uh, Scott's dad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that he was a pirate of some sort. And that was it. That's all I remembered. Very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, we definitely filled in some specifics for me. For example, someone clearly loved pl loved planes because we get the name drop to Havilon Mosquito. Mm. But yeah, Is that a real kind of plane or something? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Neat. So uh, we find out that 20 years ago they were headed home from a ca uh, family camping trip in Alaska. The Shear opens fire on their de Havilland mosquito. There's only mm. one parachute left. Catherine bundles the boys into one. She they strap Scott in. They tie Alex to him and so hope secure. for the best. And uh, they throw them out of the plane. And the parachute is burning as they go down. They're like just hoping their sons are going to survive. And then they get transported up to Deken's ship 
One thing that was not called out at all, but is the first person we see on Ken's ship, is his evil sister, Deathbird. So I'm not sure if Woof. you noticed there was a very specific Shi'ar woman, uh, all in purple with all these feathers. I did see her, yes. She was actually, she's the oldest sister of Ken and Lilandra of that family. And she oh. was supposed to be the empress uh but she i think she like went mad or like i forget or like exacted some sort of violent revenge i forget exactly i looked it up before this but i've forgotten and they basically said you cannot be the empress and she was stripped of her na- like her family name and so she always only goes by deathbird because she used to be uh i think uh actually b- before uh game of thrones she was khaleesi um oh uh, Naramani, like Deken and Lalandra Naramani, and now she is simply Deathbird. Anyway, Deathbird. <clears throat> she is such a badass. Uh, and someday she and Bishop had a thing like years from then. Anyway, she's she's a sometime ally. She kind of uh, like falls into like the mystique uh, category of sometimes mm. we like them. Yeah. Other times, real bad. <clears throat> Other real times, bad real, real bad. Uh, yeah, so uh, we find out that Catherine died at Ken's hands. Corsair says uh, he had no reason to go home because he thought his kids were dead and his wife was dead. And finally, Cyclops feels bad. Yes, Scott. Ugh. Um, yeah, so a couple things I noticed in this scene. First is that when they, they tossed him out of the uh, mosquito, that parachute was definitely on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, second, now, now don't tell me anything here, Okay. but Alex, like, um, Scott's brother is also a mutant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm going to get this wrong, but is his mutant name Havoc? It is. Nailed yeah! it. Nice. Did they... not look that up. Well done. Yeah, they actually <laughs> met in the episode with Iceman earlier this season because uh, Polaris had left him to join X-Factor, oh. uh, led by Havoc. And we had the moment where Cyclops and Havoc fought in, because siblings' powers don't work on each other. Don't ask me why. That's just a thing. Uh, but they never figured it out. Oh, they, they, they never worked it out. Huh. Yeah. So, so they don't know their bros yet, but they will. They'll figure it out. Yeah. They will figure it out. Well, I didn't realize they didn't know that they were bros at this point. Oh, my goodness. No. What a mess. What a mess. I'm going to use my wow. F-bomb. What a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's your one, Sarah. Got you don't it. get to use, nope, you don't get it. To use it again. I, uh, I feel comfortable with playing that card at this time. I think that was the right time to do it. I'm feeling good about it. And then we have that moment that was almost kind of real where Cyclops said, if you knew we were still alive, like, and Corsair says, not even the Shi'ar slave pens could stop me from finding you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's it real was nice. nice. Anyway, after that moment, Storm is like, look, uh, and the Shi'ar cruiser is on their tails. And then we get another great line from Corsair. Now check out your old man. Yes. Yeah, that was some good stuff. Although, like, this guy looks incredibly young. Yeah, he he looks like like the only thing that ages him is his mustache. <laughs> exactly. They're like, we're not drawing this guy old at all. He looks extremely good. Maybe, who knows, maybe he had some kind of, like, intergalactic rejuvenating serum used on him or something that's why he looks so dang good or he just had scott when he was very young and he's like barely 40 yeah that's also possible that's also possible um anyway they land and escape ragnar blasts their ship into oblivion and here Mm -hmm. comes some baby ships out of the big shiar ship and i just wrote it's endor all over again because it's Mm. all like speeders and running through the woods 
Yep, yep, very Return of the Jedi here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, like Storm kind of flies off, but then they, they kind of, like, catch up to Scott and uh, Corsair next, right? And Yeah, and Cyclops is mad again because right. the, Sh- the Shi'ar are, like, he's, like, keeping this girl who's supposed to be a witness. Like, honestly, it's kind of convoluted. It's, like, he was supposed to be, like, transporting this girl who's a witness in this, uh... Uh, trial and like he's using her to get rich and we need to get the witness and oh man it's a it's a real mess but like scott does something that i that i i, I was like what is how did that work he just scott just walks forward and says she are patrol hold your fire and they're like oh yeah oh yes. cool 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 <laughs> cool we'll do we'll do and i was sort of like i i know ne- i don't make use of this uh I don't know. I don't even know you call it, but I was sort of like, oh my God, that is the confidence of a mediocre white guy. <laughs> and they just, they just kind of like, well, so they're, they're going to listen to me because I'm me. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's that. And oh my God, it worked. Thank but, goodness. Uh, really. Thank goodness. Honestly, he used his powers for good. <laughs> and Corsair like tries to tell him they're bad cops. And he goes, we'll see dad, dad. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that they'd had a breakthrough, but now he's back with the sarcastic dads again. Yeah. 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 So they're on the ship. Ragnar tells Cyclops, the galaxy is in your debt, but Cyclops is like, isn't so fast. I've, I've agreed to nothing. So he's really kind of playing both sides. He's trying to find a way out. Uh, right. And I noticed that the animators missed a spot. I don't know if you noticed this, that there's one shot where Ragnar is bald in the back. He's usually uh, black in the back uh, where Oof. his feathers are, but he's bald. So Ooh. he just sort of has a ring of feathers. Anyway, oh, don't no. know what that was about, but I doubt it's as significant as I want it to be. I think that they probably missed it. Well, earlier earlier in the show, there was a moment where Scott didn't uh, have his gloves. Oh, when yeah. he was diving into the water, uh, he didn't have his yellow gloves on. Yep. All right. <laughs> the one moment you might want gloves, Cyclops, but no. Yeah. Right. No. Uh, then there's a part that I didn't a hundred percent get, which was Storm is following some beacon to find this witness who is hiding out in the woods with the rest of the Star Jammers. Uh, she is ambushed by Hepzibah. We get a great Storm. Scott, I am under attack, and uh, <laughs> she pushes Z away with winds, and she does lightning and Chode's face. But Raza has her number and uses his foil to cut off her communicator. Right. Right. And uh, what, what's the name of the wolf lady? Uh, Hepzibah. That's Hepzibah. Yeah, she. I think she's the one that said, surrender now, flying one. Yes. Um, but, but, she's, <laughs> but she said it all like super sexy. Yeah. Hepzibah like, is super sexy. <laughs> she and Corsair have like good, yeah, they have a good time together. Nice. Good yeah. for them. I know, really. They're kind of great, actually. Uh, relationship Aww. hashtag goals uh yeah. <laughs> yeah and but uh we find out Ragnar's the bad guy really deep down he's trying to get the witness for his own purposes he disables cyclops in some sort of tractor beam okay um, yeah really quick that was a very conveniently placed <laughs> freeze ray thing this episode is absolutely chock full of plot devices. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is just sort of like, we need something there? Whatever. Just make it happen. I don't care. Don't I don't explain how are they going to move? I put a monorail under a the monorail. house. It's fine. All right, fine, boss, but we got to stop Cyclops here. He can't just go talk to Corsair. What are we going to do? 
I don't know. Give, give him a tractor beam. Whatever. Just, tractor beam. Just All right, fine. It. Put a tractor beam in here. That's fine. Fine. All right. Well, they gotta they gotta know what happens in the future. How are we gonna do that? I don't know, man. You just I mean, you're left to your own devices. <laughs> right. Well, then that's when they make the fucking ship's log. They're like, oh, they're that's like, right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. They're like that. That thing pops up, and they're like, well, look at what happens like a week from now. We're oh. just gonna. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, also, I want to nominate one of my favorite lines is when Hepzibah says, Cyclops son betraying Corsair father to evil commander. Like, if you missed this whole episode, that's all you needed to know. Yeah. Yeah, right? Even without conjunctions. It's like, makes perfect sense. Makes total total sense. And we meet the witness, who is a young Shi'ar girl, and they keep referring to her, and I think they pronounce it as Jandra or Chandra, Mm. which is super interesting because this is in like 94, I think, 94, 95 when this came out. And recently they've introduced a character called Zandra with with an X who is the child of Professor X and Lalandra, not that Lalandra got pregnant, but like a genetic, Mm. like they grew a baby sort of thing. And she's currently, she's currently the empress. So was this, did this presage that i have no idea but Maybe. anyway kind of cool very interesting yeah so anyway that ship's log turns out that blonde navigator with the killer eye makeup is uh is a good guy good for you lady yeah. good for you yeah is she from the comics is she a real character or? she looks really familiar i th- yeah. i think so but i don't know who she is maybe i'll it's look it cool. up real quick yeah no she she's a very specific look Anyway, yeah. But she's fine. great. She's great. She's a plot device. She's, she's great. Cool. Uh, and she's like, is it true you're Corsair's son? And he's like, not by choice. And it's like, Dude, come on, man. What's going on? I think that's the thing. It's sort of like, it's almost, did he forget all the the conversations they've, they had and whatnot? Like, mm-hmm. why is he suddenly treating him like a jerk again after he finds out like he's justified and everything? Like, what's going on? He's just, Cyclops is a jerk. That's, that's what's I up, that's... I think. I think that's what's up. Ugh, very disappointed. And so they, Cyclops and the Navigator interrupt Ragnar's interrogation of Corsair, and they free him. And then there's that weird line, there's the Scott Summers I gave my last parachute to. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that did strike me as odd. And then I think in the same scene, somebody says, plan the family picnic later. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. And, uh, no, I was thinking about that. It was the navigator because I was like, "Oh, they must hmm. have family picnics everywhere in the galaxy." In space. Yeah, they have space. They have space picnics. Space picnics, but I mean, we wouldn't say Earth picnic. Technically, we're a space picnic as well. Nope, that's not true. We have normal <laughs> picnics, and then and then if you're an alien, as in not from Earth, then you have a space picnic. It's pretty straightforward, Sarah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, thank. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Jeez. Anyway, <laughs> the Shear pursue them into the forest. They set a trap by using really heavy-handed comms, right? Professor Xavier sends his regards. And yeah. remember, Elder Baron 5. Yeah. Yeah, that... Mm. Then they're, like, randomly atop some sort of pyramid or ziggurat. And they're having that final face-off. And it also appears as if Lelander is with them. Did you notice that? I guess the little girl has Lelandra armor. Okay, No, fine. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I didn't I, notice that. No. I honestly think it was an error. I, I think oh it was probably God. an animation error because they pan what? around and it's like very clearly Lelandra. Oh, my God. That is not. No, Lelandra was never with them. No. 
Absolutely not. Um, that's wild. How in the world could they have made that sort of mistake? I, maybe I not even. Maybe she. Maybe this little girl happens to have. This one. Maybe I was that's thinking. just sort of. I think she just has Shi'ar armor. I guess it's right? just that she looks real tall. Like she really looks like a grown-up Shi'ar lady right there. Um, I got no. I. You know what? I'm done making excuses for X Men the animated series. <laughs> let the, let them face the consequences of their yeah. own actions. Time to face the drum, the the music. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And then so, here's something else. And I don't like to... Yeah, Man, you've known me a long time. I like to know what's going on. And, you definitely um, do. And I if, don't understand what happens next. Corsair, like they're at this pyramid ziggurat thing. Corsair ducks under these solar panel things. Yes, and they yes. blast the ship and the cruiser crashes. Yes, thank you. Okay, my <laughs> note was, wait... What was that thing Corsair jumped under? Like, this is part of the plan, but what? It, like, it, it, so, okay, okay, here's what happens, right? Is that they're on the ziggurat, they are on this old Mayan structure, uh, or something, and then, uh, Storm blows a tarp off of this, (laughs) this, like, this, this bizarre looking device, then Corsair slides under it, and then it's got a bunch of solar panels on it that blast the Shi'ar ship out of the air, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What the... F- Are you going to use it? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. my, my F-bomb for the day, because that was... Yeah, I was really hoping you would have an explanation for this. Nope, it was nonsense. Damn it. This... What happened here what happened in this episode this is like plot device this is like a plot device extravaganza i think that they the team was probably really tired after dark phoenix saga they're like yeah. just just crank them out crank them out. out get them out because Make then them happen when you think about it they're still on earth which means that the shear ship is still on earth i mean i'm sure they've got like a collection agency or something Repo man, that was a that was a previous episode. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I guess our guys won. Chode hugs Corsair and Cyclops. Cyclops refers to Corsair as dad. It's a happy ending. Uh, Chandra is going to the trial. Um, they're gonna turn in Ragnar, and uh, there I don't know. And then there's that weird exchange, right? Corsair says, "What made you change your mind?" And Cyclops says, "I like long odds." seems to run in the family he's an old man yeah he is. he is he's he's an old man he's gonna go home and drink a vodka gimlet and yeah like... or some warm milk or, or some something. warm yeah just some old man thing is what he's gonna do put on a sweater vest he's gonna read the times like yeah an actual newspaper because it's the 90s people did that then but anyway yes that's so old. Ugh, scott I know. And they decide to hang out as father and son. Chode yeah. is like, oh no, break out the cards. And then there's hugging. Uh, and then there's a weird, like, women, am I right? <laughs> Ending to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, what, what What brought that about? Nothing. So Corsair says, so you're going to marry the redhead who, beats the, who beat the pants off the Imperial Guard? And Cyclops right. says she's calmed down a lot since then. And Corsair says, she reminds me a lot of your mother. And Cyclops says, how? And Corsair says, maybe I should wait to tell you until after you're married. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Cue the 90s sitcom music. Uh, like, uh, oh, near the end of the episode, I wrote down, oh, Orphan's End. I get it. <laughs> tell, tell us, what did you what did you get? I figured out that Scott's not an orphan anymore. He met his dad. That's that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nice All work. right. Nice work. It took me about twenty minutes. Twenty. Minutes, how long the episode is? <laughs> twenty minutes. Correct. Twenty minutes. <laughs> All right. So you know, let me just ask you this before we get to awards. Was there anything you didn't get to share? Any observations you wanted to point out? Anything we missed? One thing. Uh, Ragnar. Mm. Uh, does 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 he have huge eyes or is it the eyeliner? It's the eyeliner. It really makes him pop. Makes him pop. All right, great. And uh, let's see. Uh, nope, that's it. I got everything out. Sweet. So here at Gino and X Men the Animated Series podcast, we like to give some awards. Uh, who who do you think wins the wins the Oscar of this episode? Who I mean, Cyclops definitely shouted the most, he but I also think that like Corsair had the hard emotional work. No, you got to give it to Corsair. Like uh, Cyclops showed no range here. <laughs> no, one note, one, one note. shouty note. Exactly. So I'm giving it to Corsair. How about you, Sarah? Who do you think? Yeah, agreed. Corsair. Corsair. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, MVP. MVP. Ooh. Uh, let's see here. Well, yeah. Oh, that navigator lady. Yeah. She gets it. Navigator lady. A hundred percent. Yes. Love She's it. Cool. Doing the right thing for the right reasons. Good job, lady. Boom. 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 Love it. Yeah. And best line has to be, Matt. I shall meet you at the monorail. <laughs> <laughs> I want to use that in my everyday life. I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. I look forward to it. Oh, man, mm-hmm. this has been a great episode. Matt, thank you for joining. And uh, if friends want to like catch up with you and see what you're up to in your cool creative endeavors, how could they do that? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they can find me, as always, uh, at Doc Falconer on the Instagram and the Twitter. I also occasionally do another podcast with my buddy Keith that he does called Couch Command, where we talk about movies and TVs and uh, media and stuff like that. Sweet, sweet. You can find me at sarahmusic.com, and you can follow the podcast and all of our episodes at gene-no with four O's on Instagram. We hope to see you, hear you next time. Next up, season three, episode 19, Love in Vain. Gene, no! An X-Men, the animated series podcast. 